You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 85th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Facebook and Instagram. Today, I have a special guest, my friend, Biliana Domofsky, also known as Bia, here to talk about living with and coping with infertility. Biliana has experienced this herself and now mentors others through the process. She's a mother, entrepreneur, creator, infertility mentor, and devotee to all things productivity. Intermingling between creative and the analytical spheres, both personally and professionally, has led her to people, things, places, and circumstances, bringing her best version forward. Thank you so much, Bia, for being willing to be on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Thank you for having me, Kim. I'm very excited to be here. Terrific. I think maybe we should start with your story and what it's like to go through infertility, what your experience was. I think the listeners might like to know that. Right. My story is a long path of personal development, I like to call it, because it has affected every single area of my life. Infertility has come completely uninvited. And I don't think that anyone expects nor does anyone invite infertility in their life. However, I really never ever in a million years have I thought I would be dealing with infertility. For me, it has been such a long process from finding out about infertility, going through infertility. You mentioned coping with infertility. It truly is coping in the sense that you have to find a way to coexist with this thing. I have been through infertility for almost 10 years, and I found what was most helpful for me was to personify this thing, this infertility, this monstrous thing that came to my life. And I was not ready. I was not prepared for it. No one is. But I was really, really affected by it. Any woman that you talk to that is either going through infertility or has gone through infertility will probably tell you the same thing. When I say personify infertility, I truly did personify it. I started, you know, going through it for 10 years. I started treating it as a person and I almost felt like I needed to face this person in order to find a way to live with it, get through it, because I didn't know what was on the other side of it. Infertility ends in two ways. You either have a baby or you don't, but you always live with infertility. In my experience, everybody goes through infertility for a different amount of time. Some people go through infertility for a year or two years. They come out of it. They have a baby or multiple (laughs) babies. But for me, the most important thing for me was to understand it to really understand it. Because when you're going through infertility for that long, almost a decade, you really have to come to know infertility. When someone goes through infertility for a year or two, in my eyes, and again, it's all how you perceive things. And in my eyes, a year or two of infertility, it's almost like saying you're fine, (laughs) no problem. But at some point you do have to come to understand infertility. You do have to come to face infertility and be okay with what's at the end of it. 
towards the end of my infertility, I became to be okay with it. That meant I needed to continue to live my life, simply let it go. A lot of the times it's kind of hard to tell to someone who is going through infertility, hey, you know, all you need to do is let it go. And we've all heard that. Just let it go. Don't think about it. And it, it'll be fine. It's not fine until you are fine with it. So my experience with infertility has been one that has taken me through every possible emotion that you can go through, starting from denial and anger and finally getting to acceptance and all the emotions in between. At the end of it all, it all boiled down to simply letting it go. Wow. That sounds almost impossible. It seems like listening to you and trying to imagine myself in that situation, having a baby for a woman can be a childhood dream, the most important thing in their life. And then to learn that they're not able to do that. Obviously, there's the effects of the infertility itself, but what kind of a toll did that take on your life on an emotional level? That's a very good question. Everybody starts differently. Everybody goes through this in you know different ways. For me, it literally started with anger. The very first strong, strong feeling that I remember, the highlight of all emotions was anger. I remember the moment when that happened, when I was told infertility, and I was actually told that it was truly impossible for me to ever conceive in any way including a lot of medically assisted procedures. I felt like my entire world, everything that was around me, literally just broke, just shattered in a million pieces right in front of me. It was just a very intense feeling of anger. Then the next thing after that initial shock, I tell people, I think that I surpassed even the shock, the moment when you hear information that you don't expect, and not only you don't expect, but it's shocking. I think my mind flipped right away. I don't even think I felt shock. I went straight to anger. And then after a while, after I processed this whole thing about somebody standing there in front of me and telling me, you know, you cannot be a mother, something that I never even thought of in my life as a possibility to not be, it took me a while to process. But once I processed, then I went into this mode where I literally wanted to just hide and not show up for the world, not show up for myself, certainly not show up for anyone around me. I closed up. If I put it on some kind of a process or a timeline, I went through anger and then I closed up completely. I didn't talk about this with anyone. It's funny because at the same time, I wanted to talk to everyone because I wanted someone to tell me what the solution is. This certainly cannot be true. It cannot be impossible for me to not have a baby. I wanted to shout it out to everyone in the world so that someone can help me. But at the same time, I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want to talk about it. Every time I talk about it, it's almost like going through it over and over and over. And so what I did is I shut down. I shut down from my friends, from my family. There was even a time when I pretended like it wasn't a big deal. Maybe I just wasn't ready for kids. And I was telling people, we want to wait. My husband and I, we're not ready for kids right now. I almost did everything to avoid that topic. Going from anger to shutting down mentally to even pretending it doesn't even exist. Going through that denial. I have to say it has been a very, very tough experience for me. As I know it is for any woman or couple that is going through infertility especially couples and women who they dream they would have children. 
I always wanted to have four children. And when you have those kinds of standards set up previously in life and you don't even think of obstacles of this magnitude, it becomes that much more difficult. One of the things that I worry about as a counselor when I work with people is how this would affect your self-esteem. Did that have any effect on you at all? Yes, it did. And it did in a way that I least expected. I will go back to what I said at the beginning, that this has been kind of like a personal development for me almost, because it has affected me in a way that my communication to others, my ability to be outspoken, to be full of energy and full of things to say, I always have a lot to say. And all of a sudden, I started not having anything to say. I started not being comfortable around groups of people. Social gatherings bothered me. If I had to do any form of speaking, be it presentation, be it whatever, speaking in front of larger groups, it just prevented me. And I don't really know how to explain this. And I never expected that to happen. People who know me, they know I'm very outspoken. I am not necessarily the quietest person in the room. I'm not the loudest, but I'm not the quietest either. I really pulled back on all of that. And it was not a conscious decision. It wasn't because I didn't want to. It was almost like I couldn't. I couldn't explain to myself for the longest time what happened to me. Why am I like this? I wasn't like this. It took a long, long time. And it took me going through this entire infertility journey and actually finally on the other side coming out and becoming a mother And then shortly after realizing what was actually happening and how deeply infertility has affected me. It sounds like it took your voice. It definitely took my voice. Yes. That's a very good way of summarizing what happened. Well, I know from knowing you for all these years that you found it again. So that's the good news. And I'm wondering, you know how I talk about the glow and how the most painful things in your life provide you gifts, lessons, opportunities, and wisdom. And I define wisdom as how has this changed you for the better? So can you identify any way that going through this process has changed you for the better? Yes, but I will have to state something before I say that. And that is, it has to be a choice at some point that you have to make that you're going to use this to change positively. There are many, many, many opportunities, or at least for me, there were many opportunities to go the other way, go change in a negative way, changing for the better. And I've talked to a lot of women who go through infertility and depending on where they are on their journey, Sometimes they're simply not ready to use infertility for a change on their own to turn them into someone better. Because a lot of the comments that come back to me when I talk to women have to do with, it's easy for you now because you have a child, but I'm going through my journey and I see no signs of having a child or getting pregnant. And I know at that moment, when I hear those comments, I know that they're simply not ready to change for the better. Now, that being said, I will say once I decided to use infertility to make a change in myself, to push infertility, to affect me, to become a better person today than I was yesterday, once I did that, once I made that choice, I feel that a lot of doors started opening. (laughs) It's very interesting because I'm a very positive person, but I can also be very skeptical of stuff, especially having gone through infertility. But I simply used infertility 
to make a single change in my life. And that was to take life as it comes. And I have never been that way. I have always been taking life the way I would want to control life, the way I would like to control <laughs> events. I'm going to have four children. I'm going to do this as a career. I'm going to do that. And it has not worked out that way. And so the fact that I have been able to actually even say it out loud that I'm taking life as it comes and I'm going to let lessons come to me rather than chasing outcomes that I have in my head as having to happen. Nothing has to happen. The only thing that has to happen is the day to come, the sun to rise, right? And <laughs> that's the only thing that has to happen. And for me, I think that infertility has affected me in many ways negatively. And finally, when I decided that, okay, I'm going to use this to make a change. And when I was ready to start making that change and I started making it, that's when something changed in me and then my outcome changed. Now, it's not necessarily the outcome that I expected, but I will tell you it is much better than I expected. It's just amazing when you go through such a journey to be able to come out of it and say that. Now, is it all roses and wonderful things? You wake up in the morning and birds sing to you? No, it's not. It's work. And it continues to be work because even though I'm a mother now of a beautiful six-year-old, infertility is still with me. And I can still go back and be very negative and feel guilty and sad for not being able to give my child a sibling. I could do that. I could do that 24 hours a day, but I choose not to. I choose to focus on how amazing my child is and how much I have learned from my child. And if it wasn't that way, Kim, if it wasn't for that outcome, if my outcome was the opposite of that, which would be not having a baby, then I think I would have been the same person who chose to use infertility to make a change in my life for the better. I was actually on that path. I was actually on that path. Basically, when I decided, when I made that change, I started looking more inwards. I started focusing on other ways I can help. I can work with children, maybe. And once that happened, I also happened to get pregnant. It's so interesting that you say that because the people I know who've been unable to have children are people who have become the mother to many, none mm -hmm. that they've given birth to. But when you don't have your own children, you have the ability to be open to many children who are in your life or who you can put in your life that really need someone that wants to be a parent it's amazing the good things that can be done by people who don't have children with other people's children. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. It does take a little bit of time though to get to that knowing, to get to that understanding. I know it took me a long time because when you're going through infertility, you don't necessarily want to think of all the options. That's another thing that I think is very important to bring up, the options. We talk about, okay, what are my options to get pregnant? All we're looking for is what are the ways that I will get pregnant? And those are not really options because options are you can get pregnant, you can adopt, you can foster. There are many options if you want to be a mother. That's what women sometimes I think we kind of close up because we have that in our head that to be a mother, you need to give birth. And that's true in a lot of ways, but to be a mother also means to raise that child. And I think sometimes that's given, but I think it's worth mentioning 
Because once you come face to face with infertility, you start to realize how important and how divine motherhood is and how many different ways there are to be a mother. It's very hard for us to understand. I don't know, maybe it's the society we live in, but it's hard to comprehend the idea uh, when you're going through infertility of maybe adopting a child. I don't know why that is, but it takes a while, especially for women. For some reason, I think it's much easier for men to come to that. It depends. It depends on the person, depends on the couple. But I think that us women tend to close in a little too much and be almost blinded to what else is out there that we can do. Right, because you want to control it. Because you want to control it. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. It reminds me of that joke. You know how to make God laugh? Right, make plans. Tell him (laughs) your plans, right? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how infertility affects your relationships with other people? I'm thinking it must strain the relationship with your spouse or partner, maybe even family and friends. Absolutely. First of all, starting with the fact that the moment you find out, you know, you're going through infertility, the moment you find out infertility is now part of your life, it's almost like every other woman you meet is pregnant. You see it everywhere. Yes. It's like when you buy a blue car and then all of a sudden, you know, there are blue cars everywhere. It's amazing how personally you take that, or at least I did. It really affected my relationship, first of all, with my husband, because we couldn't even go anywhere almost. Because at some point you're like, you know what? I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to see anyone because I can bet money. At least three women today that I will see will be pregnant. And part of me didn't want to deal with that another thing that was very difficult for me to admit to myself, but there is that tone of jealousy. Yes. I was happy for every woman who's pregnant and having a baby. That was great news for them, but not for me. That started affecting me. And when you add jealousy to sadness, you start really closing in. My husband has been very supportive throughout this whole thing, which is amazing because something like infertility can truly either get you closer to your partner or it can break up a marriage. I'm very grateful that my husband stood by me during that whole time. He was very supportive. Even when I told him, maybe it's time if he wants to pick up and leave and find his own happiness as a father, he didn't take that very well. He definitely did not do that. He definitely stayed. And I think infertility has gotten us closer, but it has affected my relationship with him because uh, my husband and I are very open. We talk about a lot of things and I kind of started not wanting to talk to him about anything. Now, in retrospect, I'm thinking, I don't even know what he must have been going through being me that way. And knowing that he can't bring up infertility, he can't ask anything because I would either get really upset and start crying or I would get upset and just walk away. So it has definitely affected my relationship with my husband. The way it has affected my relationship with my friends, that really showed in my follow-up and follow-through with my friends. And I got to say, I just closed in with all of my friends after years have gone by, those who were my friends, I guess, who are my true friends, they were able to understand. Those who weren't, obviously, they're no longer in my life, but that's beside the point. The point is, I simply did not want to see anyone. And that was, again, in retrospect, I cannot even believe how much someone who is positive about life and outspoken can close in that much. 
just kind of took my time towards the end and I came back and I kind of started following up with people, trying to reintroduce myself to them. It was a learning thing, I have to say. I think if we just stop for a second and look what we have gone through, especially when it comes to infertility and take it as a learning, because infertility is definitely something that affects your life, but it doesn't end your life. You continue to live. It's not a life-threatening thing. The only way to see through infertility is to simply see it as a lesson. And when I saw it as a lesson, it started affecting relationships with my friends and family in a much different way. That's literally how it happened for me. Well, what it sounds like to me is that there was a turning point for you when you decided to stop being in pain and decide to learn from this that changed everything. It changed your relationship with your husband. It changed your relationship with your friends, with your family. And really, it was a choice that you made. Nothing changed. You still had infertility, nothing changed, but you changed. And I think that that may be the lesson for people who are listening. Sometimes when you're proud, independent, happy, and positive person like you, and you have this horrible weight that you're carrying, you don't want to burden other people. You don't want to reach out for help. And so the very thing that you need to be able to help you through, you're not allowing yourself. It's almost like you're punishing yourself. I can't reach out to these people that I know love and care about me because I'm just in so much pain. I don't want them to know. And it could be a real downward spiral. I'm so happy that you found your way out. Really that you're mentoring others to do the same. That's even better. Yes, definitely. Yes. There's a lot of guilt that goes with infertility. A lot of the emotions that you go through, even now, like I said, I am a mother now, but infertility is still with me. I still think about things like I feel guilty in a way for not being able to give my daughter a sibling. She has asked, will I have a baby sister or baby brother? And now I have to explain to her that it's probably not going to happen. But I have to explain it to her in a way that she understands. It's because I choose to do it that way. I can just not say anything. I can be sad. But then she would see that. Even if she doesn't see it, she will feel that. And so I choose to explain things to her. And again, take it as a lesson. And not dwell on the guilt, on the sadness, or any other emotion that, that goes with infertility. It's all a matter of choice. And I am a living, breathing proof which I never thought I would say this, but it is a choice. It sounds like you might know some choice theory, Via. Yes, I do. As Actually, as a matter of fact, uh, I do. And interesting thing you mentioned that, Kim, because when I was introduced to choice theory, it felt almost as I've always known choice theory. I have always believed that choice matters. The key thing to everything is you just have to make that choice. I'm not being naive here realize it sounds easier said than done. I also believe that a person has to be in the right state of mind. And when I say the right state of mind, I'm not saying as it to the wrong state of mind, but you have to be in that right place and that right time. You have to be ready to make the choice. I also have seen, again, as I said before, I have talked to a lot of women who go through infertility and if they make a choice based on simply what they're told, if I were to say, okay, it's really important to make a choice. And if you make this choice to turn things around, then things are going to turn around. 
that would be them prematurely making the choice. So I fully believe if you make that choice, truly make the choice when you're ready. And if you're not ready, then don't. Because a lot of the times we do need to go through these emotions. For some people or women and couples maybe going through sadness and avoidance and then, you know, coming back, some people do need to experience that anger as it was the case with me. But I think the timing is very important. I think it was mostly because of the timing when I made the choice to use infertility as a way of bettering myself that it worked. Had I chosen that prematurely or just thinking that, I don't know, magic will work, (laughs) it would not have worked. That's why I think it's interesting you mentioned that because I do bring that up a lot with women when I talk to them, making that choice. And then it's always followed with make sure you take your time and make sure you're ready. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's There's so many parallels between what you're talking about and grieving it feels to me like you're really grieving the loss of the mother that you thought you would be. Yes. And there are stages to grief and there's a reason that you go through them. And I know how to help people get to the other side of grief, but I always say you have to be ready, right? You have to be ready. Yeah. And one thing about grief, you mentioned grief during infertility. It's one thing to grieve when you know what you're grieving for, but it's something else to grieve when you don't know. You're grieving for a child you never had. It's almost like when people go through grief, there's a reason. You have a really good thick reason why, you know, you're going through what you're going through. But when on the other side of your grief is just a hole that has never been filled, that's just torturous. It's a whole different ball game. It sounds like you really know that pain. And I'm guessing there'll be some people who hear this that are going to want to reach out and talk to you about that. Do you have any advice for women and couples that are currently going through infertility that you'd like to share with the audience? So the first thing is you ask that question that comes to mind is to try to stay away from a ton of information on what is going on in the infertility world or what other women are experiencing right away because then you start to identify yourself with that and you start to think that their story becomes your story. The most important thing as you go through infertility is to simply have patience and understanding When you're able to have that, then go ahead and search for information. There is a lot out there. Some of it can be very helpful. A lot of it can be, I don't want to say harmful, but it can be really difficult to manage once you go down that rabbit hole. That's really my advice. When I was going through infertility, I didn't have that many sources of information. So in a way, that was a blessing, I think. These days, there is a lot of information out there. Approach it all with a grain of salt because you don't want to get yourself wrapped up in so much. Do this, try that, and then nothing works. And then along the way, you kind of start losing yourself. The best way to not lose yourself is to control the information that you let in on infertility. That is the best advice I can give to women and couples going through infertility these days. Aside from take your time, be kind to yourself, give yourself the space. It's okay going what you're going through. Yes, people will try to approach you and you will try to see it as they're butting in your business. Just kind of take a deep breath and understand they're all trying to be helpful. 
it's definitely not your fault going through infertility, but it's also not their fault for trying to help. That's good advice. If we have listeners who might like to reach out to you to be their mentor, how would they reach you? I can be reached via email. I have a website. I have a blog, actually. I can be reached over the phone. I can leave my information with you, Kim, and can include it. If anyone wants to reach out to me, absolutely. I'm here for you. I would be glad to help in any way I can. Terrific. I'll put your information in the show notes. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure having you. I just think that you are truly a testimony of what's possible. And it's just lovely talking with you. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Kim. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And please remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I hope you'll join me next week when I'll be interviewing Barnes Boffy about his newest book, Climb on Simon and other things related to parenting and choice theory. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.